0: So please, Avengers, don't sue us, we don't have money. <laughs> that stoners will be stoned. And then the car just floors in and it's just, it gets like the hell out of there real fast. It crosses like a medium. Remember how I explained there's a difference between, oh, haunted house scream and a I am about to die scream? Well, I believe that this is more of a I'm about to die scream. Michael kicks the door, the driver's side door open, hits the gun. She flips it around and blows her own brains out. I'm like, are you kidding me? No problem, Ryan Reynolds. Anything for you. Empowering herself with the power of penis. Yes, my yes, it's very weird. If you are in a haunted house that has the walls covered with oil, that should be a red sign. This is a haunted house, not a goddamn O'Reilly's auto parts. It can only be one of two things it's either a video game world, kind like GTA, or it's Detroit. Yeah, when you turn on the serial killer that you were interviewing for your news reporting TV show. Yeah. You're kind of fucked. Why are you all wet, baby? Hello everyone and welcome back to yet another episode of Tyler's Thursday Takes where in this week's episode we will be reviewing the 2010 movie Shutter Island. Shutter Island is an R-rated film with a runtime of 2 hours and 18 minutes. IMDb has given this movie an 8.2 out of 10 rating and a popularity rating of 300. So for a movie that came out almost 12 years ago now, that's that's quite the ratings, so <laughs> if we just go ahead and look at some of the main cast, that might be the reason to prove it a little bit. We have Leo DiCaprio as Teddy Daniels, the last Leo DiCaprio movie I watched wasn't exactly that great. We have Emily Mortimer as Rachel One. Rachel One is important later on. We have Mark Ruffalo as Chuck Ayule or yeah. <laughs> And then we have Ben Kingsley as Dr. Crawley. And those are kind of the main people. And enough of kind of giving out the cast and all that. Let's go ahead and hop right on into this. So we start off at the very beginning with Leonardo DiCaprio on a boat getting seasick. And of course he's there with his, his partner Chuck and they're two cops from Boston. And he comes up under the sail. He's like, so i got your new partner out there from, from Portland. He's like, I'm from Seattle. He's like, mm. And Chuck asks Leo, he's like, dude, do you got you got any family at home? A wife or anything? What about you? You got a girl? Babe? I was. She died. So as you can tell from just that very first clip, there's a whole lot of suspense, and they do a good job using the music and everything in this to really kind of hammer that home. But that seems to be the theme. It's more of a suspenseful movie than it is anything else. So now they arrive on Shutter Island, where they are greeted by all the guards, and, and the whole reason they're there is because one of their... Patience has escaped, and Shutter Island is this island where they take a whole bunch of people that are mentally unstable. Usually it has to do with very violent offenders. They have three different buildings. They have the A building for the men, the B building for the women, and they have the C building, which is actually an old converted military fortress for the most violent offenders. And so because of that, they are now on this island and they're looking for this patient called Rachel and so they're trying to find Rachel and they're going through all the different aspects as to why she went missing about how there's no way she couldn't have gotten out of her room and also on the fact that there's her shoes are still there so there's so much here that basically is pointing to there's no way she could have gotten out on her own
1: is from time to time how many pairs of shoes are the patients given two pairs Sanity's not a choice, Marshall. You can't just choose to get over it.
0: So, she left here barefoot? Come on, Doc, she couldn't get ten yards in that terrain. And so now, basically, Teddy begins to grill all the different orderlies. Basically like, well, how come if she was supposed to be monitored by everybody out there, she was able to just walk out on her own volition? Who who he was supposed to be gone in that area. And you said you was there the entire night. And basically you kind of get conflicting statements about how. Oh well you know I was. I had to go to the bathroom. And just small things like that. But you, you they're kind of getting the sense of feeling that. Not everything is being told to them. And so now at this point. Leo and his partner Chuck go and meet. The headmaster Crawley. And the other doctor who is in there. Who Leo kind of suspects of being a Nazi. Because he served in World War Two, And he actually invaded one of the concentration camps. Where there was just tons of... They found all the experiments that they were doing on people. And so he kind of has PTSD from that. And because of that, he now has a suspicion that the doctor himself might even be a Nazi.
1: You ever uh, seen a death camp doctor? Ein konzentrationslager? Huh? But ich, ich war dabei, bei der Befreiung von Dachau. Ihr Englisch, ihr Englisch is sehr gut, fast, perfect. His English really is very good. He hit the consonants a tad hard, though. Yeah, German Is legal immigration a crime, Marshall. Oh, I don't know, Doctor. You tell us.
0: And so basically he ends up getting into an argument with the doctor and Dr. Crowley, and basically to the point where he's like, I'm gonna need to see the files, and like, we can't get you the files. He storms out. He's like, We're leaving in the morning on the ferry, we're not coming back. And during this he has to sleep in the orderly's bunks and while he's sleeping he has dreams of his wife and the apartment that they lived in and his wife died because there was an apartment fire and she died from smoke inhalation she didn't burn to death so he's very adamant about that but he has a dream where he's holding her and she burns to ashes in his arms and he's just he wakes up in a cold sweat only to see that the storm is continuing to come down to where they are still not able to leave on the ferry, and it's now the next day. Ain't gonna be no ferry in this shit. And so now that he's forced to stay there yet another day, he begins to decide that he's gonna start interviewing some of the patients there. And he interviews this one woman who killed her husband with an axe after he was cheating on... It's not really important. But at one point, she asks Chuck to go get her a water, and while he does, she writes down on Leonardo DiCaprio's notepad just saying, run... And I don't know if this is supposed to be intentional, but when she gets her glass, she, first off, doesn't drink the water when she grabs it, because there's no cup in her hand. She sets the glass down, and the glass is empty, and when she gets up to leave, the glass is full. So this is either the island starting to play tricks on Teddy, or just a massive miscalculation in in production.
1: I just have one more question for you, Mrs. Kearns. Did you ever meet a patient named Andrew Latus?
0: No. Never heard of him. And so as you also heard in that clip, he's looking for a patient named Andrew Latus, who he was not sent here to find. He's looking for a patient named Andrew Latus because Andrew Latus is the, basically the mechanic, not the mechanic, but the janitor, I guess, who worked at the apartment, who lit the match that set the apartment on fire. And Andrew Latus is this grotesque looking man with a scar across his face, misshapen eyes, missing teeth. he's just supposed to be just this absolutely terrible, terrible guy, M. Because of that, he wanted to come to this island so he can find the man who killed his wife, basically. And so now, both Teddy and Chuck go outside during the storm to try to sneak around. And they have to end up taking shelter inside of this mausoleum in the graveyard because they were going to search the graveyard to try to possibly find, you know, either the name of Andrew Latus or possibly even Rachel because they're starting to think maybe they killed them. And as they're trapped inside of this mausoleum, Teddy begins to tell Chuck about how he he served in a war and there is just unspeakable evils that he witness firsthand.
1: when we got through the gates at Dachau
0: the SS guards surrendered
1: the common dog tried to kill himself before we got there but he, he botched it. it took him an hour to die Outside I saw all the bodies on the ground Too many to count
0: Which now brings our death count all the way up to too much to even imagine. <laughs> so death count's going to be kind of difficult to show in this. But now that he's kind of told his backstory to Chuck, they end up going back, back to the wards, and they basically get their clothes back on and they get all dressed up and everything, and they lay down and they go to bed and. Teddy begins to have more of his crazy dreams, so much so that he sees his wife once again. And each time, his wife is, like, drenched. And at the beginning, it seems like maybe it's because of the rain, but it's a common consistency. Every time, she's always just absolutely drenched. And so now... Now, Teddy and Chuck walk in on a meeting of all the heads of the of the area, the mental hospital, that's what I was trying to say, and hear that they're discussing the patients as numbers, and they add them up, and there's 66 patients that they're talking about, which means there's sixty seven. And earlier he finds a paper that says the rule of four, who's number 67, and when he was searching Rachel's room, and it makes sense now. It's referring to who was the 67th patient. And so now. Before they even continue to go on. The doctor, Dr. Crowley says. Oh, you don't even need to worry about it anymore. Rachel's been discovered. And so they go. And they go into her room. And surely enough. Yeah, Rachel's Rachel's there. <laughs> She's just sitting there. But this makes absolute no sense because now she starts talking to she starts talking to Teddy and the whole reason Rachel's in here is because she killed her three kids and put them at the table and this is all after her husband died and she went into a downward spiral and she for a second believes that Teddy is her husband until she realizes he's not and she flips out And it becomes a whole thing. But at this point, Teddy's beginning to think that something more has to be wrong. And so, he begins to have a migraine and they give him more pills. That he's been taking pills ever since he got here. Because he's been getting migraines and he's got a band-aid even on his head. So, it could be something to do with the fact that he hit his head. But it's never really explained For the most part, and so they give him more pills, and they take him, and he goes to sleep. Where he has a dream, and in this dream, he meets Andrew Latos, the man who is responsible for his wife dying. I'm pretty. No
1: hard feelings, right? (laughs) No hard feelings.
0: So now, after he wakes up from this dream, it's been such a terrible storm last night that it cut the power to all the electric fences. It appears that some of the the patients have escaped, and Teddy and Chuck use this moment to sneak in towards C, where they house all the most dangerous criminals. And so they go in, and they begin to investigate everything, all the way to where Teddy meets this guy named George Noyce who he actually interviewed when he was outside of the mental institution basically George told him before that nobody gets out nobody ever gets out but he was able to get out once because he somehow seemed to show that he was redeemed but he later ended up stabbing three guys and getting sent right back and during this conversation George keeps telling him that, look, you need to let her go. And he's like, "Where's Andrew? Latest?" He's like, "It's it's always been about you. This is, that's all that you ever talk about." And he goes, "It's not about me." And he, he's like, yelling at him the entire time. George is just telling, him, "Look, just let her go," because he knows he keeps thinking about his wife. He's like, "Just let her go. Just get over it, dude." But. You can see that George has been beaten up and his face is all mangled. And and because of this, Teddy ends up getting out of there and he meets up with Chuck. And Chuck has found the patient record for for the 67th patient, which is supposed to be Andrew latus And during this time, he's, during this entire time, Ted is starting to think that more and more that Chuck isn't on his side because when he was talking to George Noyce, Chuck had to go deal with another patient and he just so happened to come back with the paper of the 67th patient and so now Teddy knows he needs to get to the lighthouse because whatever's going on is going on at the lighthouse and so Chuck's like oh well I'll go with you And Teddy's like, no, don't, don't go with me. I'm going to, I'm going to do this on my own. So he goes all the way down to the lighthouse only to find that the tide is raised and he can't make it all the way out there. And so now he goes back up to where Teddy was, but as he's looking for him, he notices there's a cigarette on the side of the cliff and only to realize that Teddy's no longer standing there. Now, I know you can't tell a whole lot from that, but basically it's now Death Count Chuck because he looks down and he sees the outline of Chuck just laying on the shore. And so Teddy manages to climb all the way down, but as he makes his way down the literal cliffside, so props to the rock climbing strength on Teddy, but as he makes it all the way down, the paper from the 67th patient actually ends up blowing to him and he grabs a hold of him And he makes it all the way down, only to find that there's no Teddy. That he must be going crazy because all he saw was a rock that just so happened to look like Teddy. But he does notice as he looks up, there's this cave with what looks to be a fire. And he crawls all the way up, gets in, and there's a woman standing there. And this woman claims to actually be Rachel. And Rachel's this mental health psychologist who used to be a physician at the hospital until they claim that she was crazy. And she says, Once somebody calls you crazy, who's gonna believe you? Because telling someone you're not crazy, coming from a crazy person, isn't gonna mean anything. And so she begins to explain Have they, you've been taking the pills? Don't tell me you ate the food, the coffee, to at least tell me you're taking your own cigarettes. As, as they progress through this, he's been eating there, taking the pills. Even his cigarettes were given to him because when the storm came down, his were ruined. And so they've basically have been feeding him drugs this entire time. And so now she knows that, that what they're doing in that lighthouse is they're creating super soldiers. Men who can't feel, who can't think, who don't do anything besides just serve their purpose. And that's what they're doing in the lighthouse. And so Teddy's got to find a way to infiltrate the lighthouse. Speaking of
1: which of you, have you seen him, Doctor? Whom? My partner, Chuck. You don't have a partner, Marshal. You came here alone. You know, I've built something valuable here, and valuable things have a way of being misunderstood in their own time. Everyone wants a quick fix. They always have. I'm trying to do something that people, yourself included, don't understand, and I'm not going to give up without a fight. I can see that.
0: Mm. So tell me again about your partner. What partner? (laughs) So now Teddy realizes they're playing into what Rachel was just telling him. They're making him seem as though he's crazy. By basically saying, you don't have a partner. You came here alone. What are you What are you talking about? Basically saying, Chuck's never existed this whole entire time. And so now, now it's all hitting the fan. So now Teddy, he manages to sneak his way out. And he actually even blows up Dr. Crowley's car as to create a distraction. And he makes his way to the lighthouse. He knocks out the guard in the front and begins to climb all the way up to the lighthouse until he gets to the very last room. And he gets all the way up there, busts down the door, and it's Dr. Crowley sitting right there at a desk. Why are you all wet, baby? So now that he's broken into the lighthouse and Dr. Crowley is sitting there waiting for him, he begins to find out everything that's going on. And instead of me trying to bumble my way through it, I'm going to let Dr. Crowley try to explain it to you a little bit better.
1: Your delusions are more severe than I thought. You're not on your You're not on anything, as a matter of fact. And what the fuck is this, huh? What the fuck is this? Withdrawal. With- withdrawal? From, from, from what? I haven't had a goddamn drink since I've been on this island. Chlorpromazine. I'm not a fan of pharmacology, but I have to say in your case... Chloroprom... Chloroproma what? Chlorpromazine. The same thing we've been giving you for the past 24 months. Oh, so for the past two years you've, you've had somebody slipping me drugs in Boston, is that it? Not Boston. Here. You've been here for two years. A patient of this institution. After everything I've seen here, Doctor. You, you you really think you're gonna convince me I'm crazy, huh? Do you know the kind of people that I deal with every day? I'm a U.S. Marshal, for God's sakes. You were a U.S. Marshal. Here's a copy of the intake form you broke in towards C4, proof of the 67th patient. If you'd gotten it to the mainland, you could have blown the lid off this place. Wait, Where? where, Yet, where, where somehow where? you couldn't find time to look at it. Well, read it now. Go ahead. Haitian is highly intelligent, highly delusional, decorated army veteran, present for the liber- liberation of Dachau. For f- former U.S. Marshal known proclivity for violence shows no remorse for his crime because he denies the crime ever, ever took place. Highly developed and fantastical narratives which preclude facing the truth of his act. I've had enough of this bullshit. Where's, where's my partner, huh? Where's Chuck? Where is he? Let's try this another way. Your wife's maiden name was Chana, am I correct? Don't you even talk about her, don't I'm you? I'm afraid know, I sir? have to. Notice anything these four names have in common? It's your rule of four, Andrew, what do you see? If you've done anything to my partner, Doctor, that is a violation of- fe- Focus, Andrew, what do you see? The names have the same letters. Edward Daniels has exactly the same 13 letters as Andrew Ladis. The same as Rachel Solando and Dolores Chanal, The names are anagrams for each other. yeah, yeah tactics. <laughs> They're not going to work on you. You came here for the truth. Here it is. Your name is Andrew Ladis. The 67th patient at Ashcliffe. He's you, Andrew. Bullshit. You were committed here by court order 24 months ago. Your crime is terrible. One you can't forgive yourself for, so you invented another self.
0: And you may be asking yourself, well, if he's Andrew Latest, then, then who, who was Chuck this entire time?
1: I mean, watch me. Huh? Watch me every minute. Who, who, who are you? Who are you? Tell me. Don't you recognize me, Andrew? I've been your primary psychiatrist for the last two years. I'm Lester Sheehan.
0: So they begin to explain how, due to the fact that this mental hospital wants to try to rehabilitate its patients instead of just lobotomizing them, they decided to let Andrew Lenitz, or or Andrew Latus, think he was Edward Daniels. And let him live out this fantasy that he was trying to figure out what was going on at the mental hospital to hopefully snap him out of it. And during this confrontation with the doctor and uh, Lester Sheeve, they end up telling him how his wife actually burned down their apartment because she was becoming depressive and psychotic. And they moved out to this log cabin... Where one day, Andrew gets home and finds his wife in the backyard soaking wet. And he asks her, he's like, why, why are you all wet? Referring to every time he saw her in his dreams, she was always soaking wet. And he finds out that his three kids had been drowned in the lake by her. And one of his kids' name was Rachel, and that's where he kept getting Rachel from. And that's why all these names are coming back from parts of his repressed past. And as even with the story with Rachel, who she killed her three kids, it was in reference to that. They were drowned in the lake, and that's exactly how Rachel did it. And so he ends up killing his wife for the crime of killing his three kids, and that's when he was sent there. And he's actually been their most dangerous patient because he gets incredibly violent every time that he reverts back to this thought that he's trying to solve a case but he can never get to the end of it and he's actually the one that beat up George Noyce because he had this whole delusion that George was able to get out and he somehow retained George from his time of being in Ward C and so now he wakes up the next morning, and they tell him, unless you can understand what's going on, they're going to have to lobotomize him so that he's no longer aggressive towards everybody else in the penitentiary. And he tells them, oh, I, Andrew Latus, I killed my wife after she murdered my kids, and she was going insane, and I should have done more to help her. And they realize that he's finally understood all of it. And so now it's the next day, and Dr. Sheev comes up to Andrew to talk to him about how everything's going now that he's finally accepted everything that's going on. How are we doing this morning? Good. You Neil?
1: Know? Can't complain. What's our next move? You tell me. I gotta get off this rock, Chuck. Get back to the mainland, whatever the hell's going on here, it's bad. That's right, we're too smart for him. Yeah, we are, aren't we? You know, this place makes me wonder. Yeah, what's that, boss? Which would be worse? live is a monster, or to die is a good man. Teddy?
0: So, at the beginning of that clip, you hear how Dr. Sheeve is talking to him, and basically, Andrew reverts back to calling Dr. Sheeve Chuck and basically saying, Oh, I gotta get off this rock. Basically, showing that he's reset to his previous thoughts. But as you can tell, probably from the end of that clip, when he says, Would you rather die, live as a monster? Or dies a good man. Showing that he has some sort of cognitive... Like, he's been smart throughout this entire thing. But those exact words kind of show that he knows the situation that's going on. He knows that if there's no way that he can fix the way that he possibly is. Or possibly even live with what he's done. And live with the knowledge of what happened to his wife and kids. And maybe it is just best for him to forget all about it. And that's even when... Dr. Sheev go calls him Teddy, he doesn't even respond, he walks to the orderlies, he even looks at Dr. Crowley, he he knows what's going on, and so it ends with him walking off at the orderlies, seemingly to go be lobotomized and forget everything, really, and that's that's the end of the movie, after 2 hours and 18 minutes, I've squashed it down into 30 minutes, That's enough of that. Let's get right on to this review. So for the plot, I went ahead and gave it a 1.5. It's an interesting plot, but it doesn't make sense. They gave this patient, who's supposedly the most dangerous in the prison or the institution, they gave him a whole role play experience for the past two days to try to figure out what's wrong and try to get him to revert out of this. So it's it's interesting how they were able to, throughout the entire movie, allude to the fact that he's not all there. And show kind of how his mental state is deteriorating each and every time. And yet, you almost think it's there's no way because everyone would have to be in on it. And everybody is in on it. Which, to me, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Which is why I'm giving it a 1.5. The acting... Leonardo DiCaprio does a great job. Mark Carp, oh, sorry, Mark Ruffalo does a good job as the second-in-command. Even Dr. Crowley and everybody else just does a really good job in kind of pulling it all together. So I went ahead and gave the acting in this movie a 2.5. But the cinematography, I gave it a 1.5. I do understand it's a 2010 movie. It is a little behind the times in effects, so it is a bit more difficult. But uh, the CGI is what really kind of brought this down. It There was a point where there was rats on the beach where they looked very CGI. Sometimes when they stand in front of the storm clouds, you can see the green screen CGI outline. And it, it just takes away a little bit, which is why I gave this a 1.5. Just because it drags it down just a little bit. And for the bonus point, I gave it a 0. 0.5. Because of all the small little parts, like at the very beginning, all the officers were very on guard, they had their guns out, they were giving him sideways glances, because they know who he is. They know that he's the most dangerous inmate in the prison. They know that he is incredibly intelligent, and at any moment, he could snap, and possibly be a danger to any of them. And it's just very interesting how there's all these small little tie-ins that if you really pay attention you can tell you can kind of see that something is coming at the end that's going to give a big reveal and just the way that they sprinkled all those in there I think it does a really good job of kind of bringing it all together and so for all of you who were not adding it up as I said it I will do the math for you with a 1.5 for plot 2.5 for acting 1.5 for cinema And .5 for the bonus, we end with a 7 out of 10. And a death count of who the hell knows. It's unimaginable. I mean, if you count the wife and kids, that's 4. But beyond that, we don't know what's real. We don't know what's not real. We can say that the army sergeant in World War II was in there. But with all the death camp deaths and all that... We're putting the death count under unimaginable. (laughs) But all in all, I feel like it's a very good movie, especially for it being out in 2010. It still really carries on a good 12 years later. (laughs) I would recommend watching it if you haven't. You do have to kind of dedicate a little bit of time to sit down and watch it because it is a two, uh, basically two and a half hours. It's two hours and 18 minutes, but it's a good watch. It really kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat, makes you want to realize what's going on. I found myself throughout most of it kind of trying to guess what's going on. I'm usually not too bad at it. I had a grasp on it a little bit in the aspect that Leonardo DiCaprio was a patient. I actually have in my notes here, it was shortly after the mausoleum scene, saying I'm beginning to think he actually lives here, as in he's a patient. Due to the fact that he's kind of losing it as it all goes around, so uh, it's kind of the small things like that where if you really pay attention to it, it really makes it worth a watch, makes it rather rather interesting. And I would suggest if you got the time, feel free to watch it. It's a good watch. I don't think you'll be disappointed. And I just I think I think it'll be worth it. But that is all for today's episode. I would like to give a quick shout-out to my girlfriend, Future Wife, who is close to finishing college. So congratulations to you and also for suggesting this movie. It came down between this and Pastor. (laughs) So that should kind of give you an idea of where we ended up on this one. But I'd like to give a shout-out to anybody else who's still sticking around listening to it, even though I know it's just a lot of close friends and family. But if this is somewhat enjoyable to any of y'all, I hope y'all enjoy listening to it. Shout out to Anchor for sticking by with my like six view episodes. Uh, We're kind of getting close to where we need to be on that with our ad meet. But, you know, I would just like to say thank you to everyone who stops by, gives a listen. And I greatly appreciate everything that you've done for helping me grow this. It hasn't been a whole lot, but it's it's like. A plant slowly growing. (laughs) But thank you to everyone who stopped by. Hopefully I can get these out more consistently. And hopefully next episode will be just as good as this one. But until next time. And remember, if you ever find yourself on a mental institution island, you might just be a patient. Thanks everyone. See you next week.
1: not in on saturday